This show is a recommendation to buy or sell securities. While stocks and the stock market will be discussed on this program, check with your advisor or a professional before investing. Helping people navigate the world of money for the past 17 years. Ladies and gentlemen, your hosts of Tape Talk Radio, Quint Tatro and Daniel Zolno. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to Tape Talk Radio. I'm your host, Quint Tatro. And Daniel Zolno. We come together this time each week to talk about the markets, what's going on in the world, the economy, your portfolio, our portfolios, how we are looking at things that are happening, what we are doing, a very, very transparent look into a fiduciary fee-only advisor here located in Central Kentucky. Daniel, welcome back. It's been an exciting week. A lot going on, I tell you what. Holy cow. Yeah, there's a few headlines so far this week. I love the opportunity to cut through some of the headlines that can be very ambiguous. I get this a lot. People call up and they say, you know, what's going on with this, that, and the other? I heard about this. Can you explain it? Uh, we try our best. And the way we try to explain things is in uh, human terms. And, and obviously, I use that uh, tongue-in-cheek, but ultimately, we try to leave out the Wall Street gibberish. There is a lot going on right now that is easy to misunderstand. And so this is going to be a fun show to catch everybody up about what's going on in the current events uh, and how it really applies to you uh, the market, the economy, we're going to talk about that. Then we're going to flip the switch a little bit, and we're going to go more into understanding the market of stocks. See what I did there? Not the stock market, the market of stocks, and the art of rebalance. If you missed last week's show, a uh, number of things that you should be considering in the fourth quarter, I highly advise you check that out wherever you listen to your podcasts or on our website, requiredreturn.com. We talked about a number of things going into the fourth quarter. Sometimes we leave that type of show until the end of the fourth quarter because it makes sense to revisit rebalancing, et cetera, uh, portfolio allocation. But we went ahead and did that now because it's exactly what we're doing in our office. We have brought forward a lot of our typical end-of-the-year maneuvers because we feel that the time is right. And I cannot uh, stress that enough from our vantage point, especially what's been happening this week. We feel as if we're getting a window of opportunity uh, to make some adjustments, take a more of a defensive posture. Ooh, use the term. Yep. Use the term defensive posture. When the markets are hitting all-time highs, that's a little conundrum. We'll talk about that on this show as well. All right, Daniel, though, we've got a lot going on. Let's, let's go back to the current events. What's going on in the markets uh, that people need to know about? And now, Tape Talk Radio, news that matters. Well, as far, uh, we'll start with the actual market. And uh, as of this morning, it's Thursday morning as we record this, we are essentially rushing up near highs. Uh, S&P trading just above 3,000. To put that in perspective, highs set back on July 26 was 3,027. Uh, so we're just a few points off highs trading around there. So if we were to hold this and or trade higher, we would be at all-time highs in the market. However, uh, some pretty big headlines coming out this week. We had the Fed meeting yesterday on Wednesday. Uh, they cut, which was baked in, totally expected. Not actually a lot of new news per se through the Fed announcement and or the news conference after. However, uh, most of the headlines are pointing to what's been happening in interest rates or overnight lending rates uh, from earlier this week, which is the fact that uh, the Federal Reserve's overnight lending rate went above the range and that uh, repurchase agreement markets have been basically out of whack for uh, going on three days now. I want to explain that a little bit because I think it's very, very important to understand. Now, this might not be anything. I really want to preface that. There's a lot of events that happen in the world, and they really result in nothing, nothing at all. Uh, they're just kind of news, and they, they hit the screens, and then they move on. You know, you move on. It's not, a, it's not an issue. But every once in a while, something sort of lands on our radar that becomes a little bit something to be possibly concerned about or certainly something to follow let me let me break this down because i think it's really important to understand i asked this to a, a group of students yesterday i said well let me ask you what would happen if all uh, the f 
folks in the United States that had a bank account went to the bank and decided to take out their money. And, of course, doesn't take a rocket science to realize that the banks would not have the money. It's just not there. Remember the scene in It's a Wonderful Life when George has to forego his honeymoon because there's a bank run. And he goes and steps in and starts to discuss with the patrons that their money is not there. It's in Bob's house. It's in Jim's house. It's in this house. It's in that house. And that's the way a savings and loan work. His attempt was was to try and calm the investor base so that they had enough money in order to open for business the next day. Now, this was set at a time period where we did not have as strict regulations as we do today. Hence, we had the Great Depression and a considerable amount of financial bank failures. Today, we have a financial regulation that states a FDIC institution must have at minimum 10% of reserves on hand on any given day of their deposits in order to open. Ironically, most banks don't have that. (laughs) I know what you're thinking. Wait, what? (laughs) Where's my money? Well, again, it's in Jane's house. It's in Bob's house. It's in that construction project. That's the way banks operate. Now, we have layers of backstops in the event that we had any sort of panic or any sort of issue arise. And one of those backstops is for the banking community to have the ability to go to each other, larger banks or more liquid banks, or even greater and bigger institutions, and even possibly the Federal Reserve, to borrow the money they need overnight in order to meet their reserve requirement and open the next day. The practice is very simple. It happens every night. It's nothing really that alarming. Again, some people might be thinking, wait a second, you mean a bank has to borrow money overnight to open the next day? Yeah, I guess when you break it down like that, it does sound a little crazy. But ultimately, that's the way we've operated now for many decades. That is a huge market. Every night, there are billions of dollars that are transacted between banks in order for reserve requirements to be met and ultimately the banks to open the next day. Let's just break it down. I'm a bank. Daniel's a bank. I call him up because I'm not going to have enough reserve requirements to open the next day. Say, Daniel, how are you? Good. How's the kids? Great. Awesome. And he says, simply, how much do you need? Oh, we're going to need $2.5 million. He says, okay, no problem. How are you going to collateralize that? We will collateralize that by the mortgages that we hold. And so there's an exchange. $2.5 million is deposited into my bank, and basically the mortgages that I hold are used as collateral for that overnight loan. Now, there is an interest rate that is applied to that, and loosely it can be benchmarked against the federal funds future, or sorry, the federal funds rate, which is currently 1.75 to 2. It used to be 2 to 2 and a quarter. That's a targeted range that the Fed sets, and that's what you hear about when the Fed is lowering or raising interest rates. Now, During the financial crisis, when we had a liquidity issue, the conversation went a little bit like this. Daniel, how you doing? How's the kids, et cetera? Oh, they're great. Awesome. How much do you need? Well, I need like $5 million. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, we're we're really seeing a lot of people withdrawing money. Okay, what are you going to collateralize that with? Our mortgages. Yeah, that's not going to be enough. Wait, what? Uh, Daniel, we do this every day. We've done this for years. Yeah, but the the higher-ups are not uh, not really keen on taking those mortgages right now as collateral. And all of a sudden, we had a problem because if Daniel's not going to take that, then bank another bank might not take that. Another bank might, might not take that. And ultimately, some bank will step in and say, yeah, we'll take those mortgages. But instead of 2% on an overnight rate, we're going to charge 5, 6, 7, 10, 20%. Now, that becomes a problem if those rates considerably move higher and the banks can't borrow the money that they need to open. And hence, you have liquidity events and banks going out of business. It's exactly what happened in the financial crisis. Ultimately, the Fed stepped in. As you know, they went into the open market. They started not only providing that liquidity, but buying up mortgages off the balance sheets of banks in order for them to be more solvent. They had basically unlimited amount of money. They had unlimited amount of time, and they could they could sort of absolve that liquidity risk. And that's what got us out of the financial crisis. 
So isn't it interesting that this week, prior to the Fed lowering rates, overnight on Monday, we had a little bit of a liquidity issue when overnight lending rates jumped almost 10%. No, to 10%. So an absolute jump of about 8% from 2 to 10 The next morning, the Fed had to inject $55 billion of cash into the system in order to provide the liquidity needed from the banks that needed the cash. It was a non-event. Ironically, it still is a non-event, but nonetheless, it was a non-event. It was passed off as almost a technical glitch, a confluence of events that was kind of a freakish occurrence, a combination of corporate tax payments, an amount of money that was needed to be due, I mean, just a number of things, and people just kind of wrote it off, and it's not a big deal. Tuesday, the market really didn't react to it at all, and it didn't make really headlines at all until, and even our, we caught the headline, and we thought, well, that's interesting. Kind of piqued my interest a little bit, because the last time this happened, yep, you guessed it, was the financial crisis. Piqued my interest, looked into it a little bit, and I said, you know, well, the market's not reacting. This is interesting. I guess it's not really anything. Maybe it is just a one-day event. Until the following day... It happened again, and the Fed had to inject $75 billion, which is their maximum amount. And, oh, by the way, $80 billion was tried to be bid, meaning there was $80 billion that stepped up and said, hey, we need $80 billion, and they only had $75. So somebody went $5 billion short. I'm not sure who that is. We don't know who that is or what happened there, but ultimately another $75. So this is day two that that happened. Again, provided as a liquidity, you know, not a not a real big issue. And even Jay Powell uh, discussed this during his conference call and said, hey, we're we're available. We're ready to do whatever is needed. It's a confluence of events. It's nothing, nothing a big, you know, big deal. It's 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 okay." And now here we are at day three and the Fed has had to inject another 75 billion in the repo market. And I have yet to find anyone, anyone who really can understand or explain why. That's a concern to me. That's a concern to me. Now, it might not be anything, and we may be just, you know, this technical glitch lasts a few days, and the Fed is putting money into the, to the repo market, or it could be something that really is concerning. I'm not sure. Nonetheless, we're taking uh, opportunities to get a little bit more defensive. Again, as I open the show with, we are... Uh, advancing our scheduled rebalance, the ability to take some things off the table. We've made some adjustments in the portfolio and, again, raised a little bit of cash in the event that this isn't something as a technical glitch and it is, in essence, a bigger problem. We'll just have to wait and see. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we'll talk more about the market of stocks and the art of rebalancing. You're listening to Tape Talk Radio with your host, Quinte Trope. And Daniel Zolnev. We'll be right back. Big news then. The next president of the United States, Donald Trump. Big news now. Socialism. Gotta care for We're going to take your AR-15. Big news name. happens. Here's the key. News Radio 630 WLAP. You deserve a vacation, and you know it. What's stopping you? All the planning and stress and complications? Not anymore. Not with Beck Travel. One phone call to Beck Travel unlocks your vacation across the country or across the world. Get a vacation you deserve and let Beck Travel do all the planning for you. Call 859-421-7288. Always no fees and up to $200 off your first booking if you mention this ad. Call 859-421-7288. 859-421-7288. Beck Travel. And he drops back to pass. Oh, looks like there's a flag on the play. Let's go to the officials. There is no flag on the play. I just had to tell everyone about the amazing deal I got at Big M Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Nicholasville. The kickoff to savings starts now at Big M Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Nicholasville. During Ram Power Days, take home a new 2019 Ram Bighorn Quad Cab for only $199 per month. And don't prejudge your credit. If you have a job bringing home $400 weekly, we want to approve you today. Come in and register to win tickets to the sold-out Secret Session Show Number 3. Featuring Kane Brown and Dylan Scott at the Lexington Opera House on September 26th. And take a test drive while you're here. Only at Big M Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Nicholasville. Visit BigMCDJR.com. Example stock number R1510 with approved credit. 36 month lease, 2587 down. Plus tax and license. 10,000 miles per year, zero security deposit. Negative equity refinanced, all rebates to deal. Offers don't combine. Big M's got your truck in Nicholasville. 
Are you shopping for a new home or looking to refinance at today's interest rates? FirstHarrisonMortgage.com should be the next stop in your rate shopping. It might just be your last. First Harrison Mortgage offers aggressive rates for first-time home buyers in Central Kentucky, as well as VA, FHA, USDA, and conventional mortgages. You can even get pre-qualified now to know how much home you can afford. Visit firstharrisonmortgage.com today. Equal housing lender. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-230-2777. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-230-2777. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-230-2777. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-230-2777. 800-230-2777. This is Quint Tatro with Jewel Financial. Just a few months ago, the market was experiencing close to a 20% decline, and it looked like a recession was a foregone conclusion. Fast forward, and we're now hitting all-time highs. If this market has you sick to your stomach, maybe it's time to reevaluate your risk tolerance, your asset allocation, your retirement plan. If there's one thing I've learned over 20 years in the business, it's that markets will go up and markets will go down. However, having a solid financial and retirement plan with a sound investment strategy is critical for long-term success. If this market is making you queasy and you're unsure of your plan, or maybe you don't even have a plan, maybe it's time for a second opinion. Visit us on the web, retirementky.com. That's retirementky.com. And listen to Tape Talk Radio each Saturday from 11 to 12. Now back to Tape Talk Radio with Quint Tatro and Daniel Zono. All right, welcome back. You're listening to Tape Talk Radio. If you missed any part of the open of today's show, I think it's important that you understand really what's going on. It may be something that makes uh, front page above the fold news here pretty soon or ends up being nothing. We'll have to see. But if you missed any part of it, you can catch it on our podcast. Just search Tape Talk Radio wherever you listen to your podcasts or our website, Required Return. Dot com requiredreturn.com, where we also just wrote about this subject matter in a piece called Something Smells that is on our blog on our website, requiredreturn.com. As well, it went out via email to any of our subscribers. So if you are uh, looking for that in your email, you can join our email newsletter list. costs you nothing. We do not solicit or sell that email, but you can join that through our website. All right, Daniel, uh, other than what's going on in the repo market, which, as we talked about, might not be anything, what's going on in China? We really haven't heard much about that uh, at this point. Is there anything, any news there? Not really. Chinese headlines overall have been pretty quiet, and that's kind of, I know, what you were expecting going into this all-important October 1st date, which is coming up, what, in about a week from now. It's very interesting. Uh, those of you who are not aware, uh People's Republic of China celebrating 70th uh, anniversary on October 1st. And the uh, general understanding is their desire to have everything uh, sort of in line, right? I equate this to uh, when I take my kids to an event, uh, let's say it's a dinner or, heaven forbid, a wedding. That's like torture. I love the invitations to say, no kids, please. Uh, some people get offended by that. I love it. Uh, but ultimately, when I got to take them to the family event, you know, there's chaos and craziness. But uh, right when we are about to go to that event, or I should really say step out of the car, I want them to have their stuff together. All right. I want them to be the model family, the model kids so that we can hear those wonderful compliments. And even if it lasts a few hours, it's nice to have the peace and the quiet and the organization of a family that pays attention or kids who pay attention. 
But do they just hold that all in, and then when they get back home, just freak out? Or exactly. Are they no, they totally hold it in, and then they freak out. It's not even back home. It's back in the car. <laughs> uh, things are thrown. You know, people are punched. It's awful. Be Basically, nice. Jeez. Yeah, well, so angry. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, that seems to be what's happening here with China. It's all on hold. And uh, again, the big event is coming up October 1st. Now, I will tell you, my ear and uh, nose is to the ground here talking to a lot of people that are Chinese nationals themselves or have direct connection. And the general consensus that I am learning is that there is no way that the Chinese are going to concede and strike a deal. In fact, I've heard things like, a hundred years is considered a short term in China, or as we talked about on previous shows, the headlines that are being uh, circulated in China prepare to eat grass, a reference to the time period when they went through a huge famine in China that was actually trade induced as well. People uh, had to revert to eating grass in order to stay alive. And still many, many millions of people died during that time period. The Chinese are a proud people And they are really believing that we are trying to go in to that country, manipulate and change things, not for the good, but for the bad. And I don't I'm not so quick any longer to to believe that they're going to concede anytime soon. Everything seems to be on hold and we're getting a, a calming here. It could be the calm before the storm. We'll just have to wait and see. But ultimately, it is another opportunity, in our opinion, to take advantage of this calmness and raise a little capital. As Daniel alluded to, Fed cut rates, uh, Powell did an actual nice job for the first time, I think, since his tenure began as the Fed chair. During his conference call, he was able to stick to the script, and when he had to deviate, he did so in a way that did not pigeonhole him into some phrase or term. I thought it was interesting. I watched this conference uh, after the Fed rate decision came out. Quite a few folks tried to uh, spark some response regarding the president's uh, comments to Jay Powell. I thought it was fascinating. Immediately after the quarter point rate decision, uh, president was out tweeting how our Fed had no, what was the term he used? Basically, no creativity. He was significantly disappointed. And many people in the press asked Jay about that and what his thoughts. Notice I just went to first name basis with the Fed chair. Asked Jay uh, about that. And he did a very nice job, I felt, uh, basically continuing to stand his ground that the Fed would remain an independent body and remain data dependent. Currently, there's a 66 probability, 66% chance uh, of a probability of a rate cut again in December. And that's something that we'll be watching going forward. All right, we got to take another break. When we come back, I promise we're going to get into the market here. That's the general headlines that are really deriving uh, the economic environment, ultimately the stock market, things that we are watching. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about a few uh, earnings announcements, pre-announcements that uh, might be individually stock-specific or concerning on a broader scope. You're listening to Tape Talk Radio with your host, Quintetro. And Daniel Zolna. We'll be right back. 2019 iHeartRadio Music Festival. The artist you told us you love on the iHeartRadio app. Hosted by Ryan Seacrest from T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Watch live on the CW app and CWTV.com. And listen on iHeartRadio. Continuing tonight at 10 p.m. Capital One is a proud partner of the iHeartRadio Music Festival. Bringing great products and access to unique and unforgettable experiences to our customers. What's in your wallet? Did you know all new Volvos have a four-year, 50,000-mile warranty and come with 30,000-mile no-charge maintenance? Did you know you can lease your new Volvo with $0 out of pocket and drive it up to 45,000 miles per year? And if you prefer, your Volvo lease can be made in one payment. Through September, receive unbelievable savings on low-mileage courtesy transportation vehicles. Save up to $10,000 off MSRP during Quantrell Volvo's September sales event. When you're dealing with opioid misuse, the words we say to each other matter. Instead of, Sarah, are you addicted to opioids? Try, is it possible you're misusing your prescription? Simple changes in the words we use can be the difference between helping someone and pushing them away. Text talk to me to 474747 or go to noac.org to find out how you can start a conversation 
and join the movement to break the stigma around opioid misuse in America. It's still not clear how many American troops are going to the Middle East after President Trump authorized sending troops and military equipment as the U.S. continues to blame Iran for last week's strike on Saudi oil facilities. Defense Secretary Mark Esper calling it a first step. Esper adding Saudi Arabia and the UAE requested this international support to help protect critical infrastructure. The U.S. now planning to expedite weapons purchases to the Saudis. ABC's Stephanie Ramos in Washington. Today on Twitter, the president said his conversation with the president of Ukraine was, quote, perfectly fine and routine. This follows a Wall Street Journal report that the president asked his Ukrainian counterpart about eight times to investigate the son of former Vice President Joe Biden. President Trump has not said what the two did discuss in that July call. 19 Democratic presidential hopefuls in Des Moines today for the Polk County Iowa Steak Fry, a key event in the state four months from the Iowa caucuses. Brian Clark, ABC News. Starting out the weekend on a warm note on this Saturday. Mix of sunny clouds. We're into the mid and upper 80s. Upper 80s again on Sunday, but the winds are going to be very gusty. That's ahead of a cold front that can produce a scattered shower thunderstorm around Sunday night and Monday. Behind that front, temperatures are much closer to normal into the early half of next week. Have a great weekend. I'm WKYT Chief Meteorologist Chris Bailey on your official weather station, News Radio 630 WLAP. Broadcasting live 24 7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP and iHeart Radio Station. This is Quint Tatro with Jewel Financial. Just a few months ago, the market was experiencing close to a 20% decline, and it looked like a recession was a foregone conclusion. Fast forward, and we're now hitting all-time highs. If this market has you sick to your stomach, maybe it's time to reevaluate your risk tolerance, your asset allocation, your retirement plan. If there's one thing I've learned over 20 years in the business, it's that markets will go up and markets will go down. However, having a solid financial and retirement plan with a sound investment strategy is critical for long-term success. If this market is making you queasy and you're unsure of your plan, or maybe you don't even have a plan, maybe it's time for a second opinion. Visit us on the web, retirementky.com. That's retirementky.com. And listen to Tape Talk Radio each Saturday from 11 to 12. Chris Young, live, Raised on Country Tour. I was raised on country. Saturday, November 23rd, Rump Arena. Chris Young, hit after amazing hit. And tonight I'm drowning. With special guests Eli Youngman and Matt Stell. Tickets available at LiveNation.com. Chris Young, Raised on Country Tour. This is Tape Talk Radio with Quint Tatro and Daniel Zolno. All right, welcome back. You are listening to Tape Talk Radio. A lot going on in the environment. We spent the last uh, couple of segments. We're going to hit on uh, just a couple of reports I think are worthy of mentioning here. Uh, as we roll into the fourth quarter, as you know, every publicly traded company is required to report earnings every quarter. Um, a few report uh, fiscal um, year, a few report early. It uh, just depends, uh, but we'll roll into those uh, predominant earnings reports starting in October. We'll start with a lot of the banking uh, stocks and then uh, a lot of the industrials, et cetera. Um, but we had a couple pre-announcements, uh, or not pre-announcements, I guess. We had a couple of earnings announcements, and it, it's not so much about what they did in this last quarter. It's really about what they're saying going forward, Daniel. Um, I know that Adobe and FedEx, too, you know, pretty pretty diverse as far as when it comes to their their products or their services uh, companies, but they, they see some similar things. Uh, what's going on there? So uh, Adobe came out and actually, I believe, uh, beat their expectations for the prior quarter, Q3. But going into Q4, actually lowered uh, their forward guidance. And I'm not sure what the percentage change was, but overall, market really just did not like it. Uh, Adobe is still considered really a, a growth stock, growth story. And so any change in that growth story is going to take a hit there. Now, uh, turning to FedEx, FedEx is much different in that it's not as much of a growth stock, but it is 
a global bellwether uh, as far as shipping, logistics, freight, etc. And uh, they, same thing here, uh, lowered guidance going forward. Uh, not sure exactly what the percentage lower was. I was trying to find that uh, as we were doing the show, what their prior guidance was. Uh, but lowering guidance going forward, and I believe they had an earnings miss as well. So they're not looking uh, terribly hot here. I know that one of the uh, one of the things they quoted was the kind of global macro environment, the trade war, et cetera. But you also have things like, you know, Amazon ramping up their own logistics and so forth. So I think there's a lot of headwinds here for something like FedEx, which is a you know global leader in delivery and freight, et cetera. And if things are slowing, especially outside of, of the U.S., and then you have the U.S. slowing via um, you know, people bringing shipping and logistics in house, i.e., the biggest one of those being Amazon. Uh, you know, there's there's not a lot to love there, and so consequently, uh, right after that earnings report, tons of uh sort of downgrades and adjustments from analysts on the outlook for that stock. I think uh, in the general consensus, at least for the time being, are things are slowing. Uh, you know, there's a lot of misinform. There's a lot of mixed. I shouldn't say miss. There's a lot of mixed information out there uh, as far as what's happening. I know that many people are pointing to uh, the uh, ISM, <clears throat> which is the um, Institute of Supply Management uh, manufacturing number. Uh, that was earlier this month was uh, quite a bit lower than expectations and ultimately leading us to believe that, you know, things are starting to turn lower. And, you know, our opinion on this, it's not necessarily uh, the result of, you know, a cyclical change in the market as it is a ramification of the uncertainty of trade. And the longer this lasts, the greater the impact will be on companies. I don't know anyone out there who is going to be committing a tremendous amount to capital expenditures, CapEx, if you will, with the uncertainty that we don't have a trade deal. So again, the longer this transpires, I think the more impact it can have in the general market. Now, it's easy to look at a stock like Adobe or a stock like FedEx, and as Daniel said, uh, kind of isolate those uh, things to their individual companies. That might be true, but again, we have to start paying attention to what companies are saying, especially if they are seeing some slowing ahead themselves. The market at this point is not reacting negatively to really any of these events. Uh, it's very interesting, and you could actually make the argument that the uh, Fed repurchase uh, process, the liquidity that they're bringing to the marketplace the last three days, is in essence a new round of quantitative easing, uh, and ultimately bullish for stocks. More liquidity in the system uh, is one of the reasons that the stock market has continued to move higher over this last decade. But ultimately, it also gives us an opportunity to sort of reevaluate portfolios and make decisions when we can, not when we have to. I think that's critical to understand. The ability to evaluate what's happening and make decisions that we feel are prudent when we can, not when we have to. We often talk in this show that in the midst of a panic or a sell-off is not the best time to be revisiting your allocation and making structural changes. Now, certain times, if it's, you know, not, if it's totally wrecking your life and you're not sleeping well and you have to make some decisions and you have to make some sales— a lot of times it's like releasing the pressure valve, and it's a, it's a fine thing to do. But it often, in hindsight, becomes a terrible, emotional, and poorly timed investment decision. But ultimately, when you have a respite from that, as we are seeing now with the market returning to highs, and things are starting to potentially change, and or your concern of the market is still there, it might be the perfect time to revisit that allocation. I want to dissect that a little bit, Daniel. Uh, because we're doing that in our business right now. I think this is critical to understand. I, I, I really can't stress this enough. We're not just a couple of pundits who come on the air here, talk about what's going on in the economy, and then bury our head in the sand and say, yeah, but we're just going to be long forever and we'll ride it up and down. That's not what we do. 
If, in fact, we did just that, I, I don't know how I could justify us being a firm charging a fee for management of money. I would just say to everybody, basically, hey, adopt a Vanguard index fund and, and ride it out. But we're making some structural changes in our portfolios now, Daniel, because of what we're seeing, not just because it's been a great year in our passive accounts, I mean, it surely has, but also because some of the things that we're seeing out there. So why don't you give listeners an idea of some of the things that we've been doing over the last couple of days for our portfolios and our clients? Absolutely. So one of the things that we did is we paired back some of our sort of just overall broad market exposure. We have a piece of the portfolios that invests in a broad market index. This gives us exposure uh, to large cap, mid cap, small cap, uh, a diverse amount of sectors, et cetera. And it's what we use as kind of a proxy for the quote unquote market, if you will. And that's uh, one of the things that uh, we will follow and track and look at and that we will sort of ebb and flow our position there over time based upon what we perceive to be the health of the U.S. stock market. And so uh, coming into this week and, and looking at what was happening with overnight rates, uh, the rate cut and various other factors, uh, we chose to pare back some of the risk that we were taking there and uh, move some of that into cash and or money market to allow it to just kind of hold there for a bit and look for a point to re-enter later. Or uh, if things were to turn to then sell down more strategically uh, as the opportunity arose. I want to make things very clear. We are not, in essence, trying to time the market. We're not looking at taking some positions off the table today and then buying back next Tuesday. That's not what we're doing. We are taking the opportunity to uh, take some chips off the table, a portfolio piece, a broad market that has done exceptionally well, especially this year, and and step aside and really take uh, a breather, if you will, and uh, and raise a little cash. In our most aggressive passive portfolios, we have now raised about 12% in cash. That gives us an opportunity to uh, either raise more if uh, things warrant or be a buyer in the future uh, when we feel a little bit more comfortable about what's happening out there. So it's a structural change in our overall allocation, just taking a little bit more of a defensive position here in the marketplace. Again, for a variety of the reasons that we talked about earlier in the show. There's another thing that I want to talk about, though, and I think this is critical because when often we talk about rebalancing, it is in relation to a broad index and, and basically revisiting your overall allocation. So, Daniel, why don't you give the folks, again, just a little bit of a rehash of what a rebalancing activity is, why it's important, why we do it. So typically what's going to happen during a rebalance is you're going to reset your portfolio or your allocation to what your target is. So for most people, they sign up for a 401k or another portfolio and they have kind of a target, if you will. And so we'll keep it kind of basic and say, you know, 50% uh, large cap U.S., 20% small and mid cap uh, U.S., so that's 70% there and like 30% international and emerging. So 50 30, 20, 50% U.S. large, 30% international emerging, 20%, you know, uh, small and, and mid-capped, et cetera. Can I ask that you change your example just a little bit to you incorporate may. bonds? So, so we'll add 10% bonds and take away 10% from whatever. Something. So now we have 50, 20, 20, 10. So it's 90, 10 portfolio, 90% stocks, 10% bonds. The stocks are spread across various different capitalizations and international and domestic markets, et cetera. And so typically what would happen is you set that allocation. If you're not in a target date fund, which is going to change over time, which is a whole other story, you typically set that allocation in your 401k or your portfolio. But what's going to happen is, is uh, you know, your U.S. stocks may trend higher over the course of a year to the tune of 10, 15, 20%, which which is not abnormal uh, in the course of a year for a market. It's not necessarily the average, but it's not abnormal. Uh, and then your international stocks or your bonds may trade down or flat. And so what's going to happen is by the end of the year, you're going to stray away from your targeted allocation. Now, if you're making contributions into the account, it is possible that those contributions will help you get closer to your allocation. But still, with enough market movement, you're going to be quite varied away. Now, over the course of one year, that might not be too big. But if you just set it and forget it and never look at it again, what you might end up happening is over time, one of those asset classes is going to grow, 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 grow. Uh, and as it gets higher and higher and higher and goes on a tear, you're going to own more and more and more of it in your portfolio, which is great when it's doing well. But eventually, 
because things are cyclical and things return to the mean, uh, if that were to stop doing well, it's going to be the biggest portion of your portfolio. In fact, bigger than you thought it was. And that means that your account or your portfolio is going to go down much more significantly than you thought. Rebalancing takes a look at all that and brings everything back to your target and gets you back in line with your risk. I think that's critical. I especially like the idea, and I want to focus on that idea of reweighting your equity and your bond uh, positions. So if over a period of time, for example, this year, your 80-20, 70-30, 90-10, whatever it is as your target allocation to meet your long-term objectives have gotten out of whack because of certain gains in the equity side, the rebalancing effort returns you to your original risk tolerance. However, understanding what the composite that you are investing in it is critical to understand that you are already overweight some key sectors that you might want to consider drilling down a little bit and changing the portfolio as well. Again, this is not for the 401k passive person who's in the target date fund. Those folks are already doing that for you and they're doing a good job. But this is a little deeper dive into a structural portfolio that we'll hit after this next break. We'll be right back. The news. Don't know the identity of the whistleblower. You want. Get the facts first. The news. Just sanctioned the Iranian National Bank. You need. Who conducted these attacks? Iranians. They think targets kids. Get the latest. This is a wake-up call. With News Radio 630. WLAP. You trust professionals with your financial planning and your tax prep. So why not your vacation? Beck Travel will save you time and stress and even save you money so you can enjoy the greatest vacation of your life. You work hard, so vacation easy. Call the pros at Beck Travel. Don't leave your vacation to chance. Leave it to Beck Travel in Lexington. Call 859-421-7288. Always no fees and up to $200 off your first booking if you mention this ad. Call 859-421-7288. That's 421-7288. Beck Travel. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-230-2777. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-230-2777. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-230-2777. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-230-2777. 800-230-2777. Are you shopping for a new home or looking to refinance at today's interest rates? FirstHarrisonMortgage.com should be the next stop in your rate shopping. It might just be your last. First Harrison Mortgage offers aggressive rates for first-time home buyers in Central Kentucky, as well as VA, FHA, USDA, and conventional mortgages. You can even get pre-qualified now to know how much home you can afford. Visit firstharrisonmortgage.com today. Equal housing lender. Greenberry, Greenberry, healthy cereal for your family. My name is Peter Harris, and I own a brand of cereal called Greenberry with amazing onyx sorghum. The world does not need another cereal unless it truly has something new and important to offer. I believe that Greenberry cereals can really make a difference in your life. I'm not a radio announcer. I just want to help you and your family live healthier, and I know Grainberry cereals can do that. Here's what makes Grainberry whole grain cereals so amazing. One, Grainberry Onyx Sorghum contains more antioxidants to help protect you from all known free radical threats to your body. Two, Grainberry slows down sugar absorption and the digestion process. And three, Grainberry contains less sugar than most cereals and tastes great. There's just no cereal like Grainberry. Try Grainberry Honey Nut Toasted Oats, Multi-Brand Flakes, and Cinnamon Frosted Shredded Wheat. Look for Grainberry cereals in the natural food aisle at Kroger, where they care about your health. Grainberry, Grainberry. This is Quint Tatro with Jewel Financial. Just a few months ago, the market was experiencing close to a 20% decline, and it looked like a recession was a foregone conclusion. 
fast forward and we're now hitting all-time highs. If this market has you sick to your stomach, maybe it's time to reevaluate your risk tolerance, your asset allocation, your retirement plan. If there's one thing I've learned over 20 years in the business, it's that markets will go up and markets will go down. However, having a solid financial and retirement plan with a sound investment strategy is critical for long-term success. If this market is making you queasy and you're unsure of your plan, or maybe you don't even have a plan, maybe it's time for a second opinion. Visit us on the web, retirementky.com. That's retirementky.com. And listen to Tape Talk Radio each Saturday from 11 to 12. Now, back to Tape Talk Radio with Quint Tatro and Daniel Zono. All right, welcome back. You are listening to Tape Talk Radio. Daniel, before the break, gave an overview of the rebalancing process, why it's important, uh, what is critical about it. We ended the segment, though, looking at or starting to talk about uh, a deeper dive into the overall index that someone owns. And I think that's critical because some of the concern that people have, whether it's evaluation, uh, whether it's, you know, sort of the run that some of these uh, stocks have been on, uh, the, the, the pure price level of some of these things, uh, which is sometimes concerning. Again, doesn't mean it can't keep going for sure. Uh, but it's important to understand that it's not just a stock market. It's a it's a market of stocks. And, and you can step take a step further and say it's it's a market of sectors. So so what do we what do we mean by that? What's important to understand uh, from from people's perspective regarding their actual portfolio? Well, under the hood of the market, the market is broken down into very diverse groups of companies and stocks. And so you might know your uh, Facebooks of the world or your Googles and so forth. And uh, I'm actually going to butcher this because they changed some of the sectors uh, not long ago. But those those would be sort of your technology-ish stocks or your information technology stocks or companies that don't necessarily sell things, widgets, et cetera. They sell more information and technology and so forth. But then you have things like industrials who sell very big, hard machinery and, and things of that nature. And then you have energy, uh, companies that you know dig energy up out of the ground or uh, drill energy up out of the ground and sell it and so forth, real estate, utilities, et cetera. All of these companies operate very diversely and sometimes divergently from each other in such a way that during different periods of the economic cycle, they're going to succeed in different uh, ways. I think it's critical to understand uh, the common ideas that the market as a whole is overvalued. You can look at a variety of metrics for that. However, it's been overvalued for a very long time and continues to just be more overvalued. If you dive a little bit under the hood, one of the concerns is the overvaluation that happens or is happening within a few sectors. And those sectors are becoming bigger and bigger and bigger and playing a more predominant role within the index itself simply because of the way the index is designed. We've talked about this before. The S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index. As the movement towards passive investing has exploded over the last several years, it's almost been a self-fulfilling prophecy. Every time money is added to the S&P 500, a percentage goes into various sectors. If more money, more physical dollars, absolute dollars go into one sector than another over time, that is compounding to not be just an equal weighted advance in the overall market cap. What's happening is more money is going into a certain group of stocks than another, which ultimately makes that group more weighted or more valuable in the overall index. Now, there was some structural changes. I give the folks at S&P uh, now, uh, let's see, S&P Global, the uh, – the, the, the kind of accolades that they deserve, uh, that they made some structural changes, removing some stocks that had become very overweight in some key sectors. But as we stand here today, I think it's important to understand that every dollar that goes into the S&P, 22 cents or 22% goes to the information technology group. That's your Microsoft, that's your uh, Google, that's your Apple. Those are the big cap tech stocks. 13% goes to healthcare, 13% goes to financial. 10% goes to communication services, which also has a good variety of tech stocks. That's the new sector that was created and a lot of stocks that were moved out of the information tech and moved into communication services to try and uh, kind of smooth that out a little bit. So you could almost combine the 22 and the 10.5 and basically say that over 30% is going into a technology group. 
9% industrials, 7% consumer staples, 4.6 in energy. That's all there. 3.4 utilities, 3.2 into real estate, and a small little 2.7% into materials. So what's interesting is if you are a position where you, let's say, have a larger portfolio and you're invested and you're doing the right thing, maybe looking at passive indices or ETFs, it may behoove you to look under the hood and start to consider to do a little bit of a precision portfolio adjustment. Let me tell you what we've been doing. We've been looking at our indice exposure and one of the reasons we own all of the sectors individually is so that we can pick and choose to reweight if we want based on our views of the valuation, the fundamentals, or the future prospects. So just putting things into that uh, context, well, one of our concerns is the valuation that we're seeing in technology and, quite honestly, the exposure that the, all of the indices have to this. So we went ahead and underweighted that group a little bit. We didn't do the exact percentage that the S&P is. We also went ahead and underweighted the consumer discretionary area. This is the area that people spend money on if they have discretionary income. Well, if we're starting to top out a little bit in the global economic scenario, well, guess where they're going to cut? The discretionary spending. So those are two sectors that kind of make sense that going into next year, we've decided to underweight a little bit. We've also decided to overweight a little bit financials valuation-wise and dividend-wise are very attractive here. And we went ahead and overweighted a little bit the consumer staples, toilet paper, the food, et cetera. So again, I'll, I'll kind of conclude here, but you know, if your advisor's not looking deep into the hood and making some subtle changes here and doing some rebalancing, I think it's time for talk to a new advisor. Maybe it's time for a second opinion. Well, as always, we'd love to sit and talk to you. You can give us a call in our office, 881-0777. If you're local, that's 881-0777. If you're not, hit us up on the web, requiredreturn.com, requiredreturn.com. But this is a critical time. I think people are, I think we're getting an opportunity here. There's a lull in the market. There's been some structural things that are concerning to us. And we're taking the advantage of the lull in the market to make some changes when we can, not when we have to. All right, great show, Daniel. A lot of stuff today. That was a lot of fun. Thank you for your input there. We're going to close it out. And remember, friends, it will not make dollars if it does not make sense. Make it a great one.